You're tuned in to the Morning Blitz. All they do is sit around and talk on 102.5 U Rock and the Rocking M app. Central, 7.38 Mountain Time here on a Wednesday. Once again, cooler day today, 56 the high. Currently sitting at 41 degrees out in the tri-state region. Oh, programming note. I'm glad I just thought it hit my brain. Programming note. No show Friday. I want to remind folks we will not have a show on Friday. Uh, So no show Friday. We'll have shows, of course, tomorrow to wrap up the week. Uh, but no show on Friday. Other scheduling things have come up, so we will not be able to have a show on Friday morning. We'll be back again on Monday, but no show on Friday. Just want to let people know we're not going anywhere, uh, but a short week this week. I want to make sure people know that no show on Friday, so don't be alarmed if you don't hear Christian's melodious voice uh, coming course. through your speakers, yeah. uh, you know, here over the next, uh, in the on Friday after, on Friday morning. So anyway, my one of my favorite segments of the week is to talk about college football's weekly slate. We're in week number 11. And as I mentioned last week, we're really getting down into the nitty-gritty. We're getting into the games that matter, that are going to result in, you know, who sticks around for the playoff and who does not. Uh, the playoff kind of beginned, began <laughs> last week. It kind of began with some teams. Mm. And so let's get to it with the college football Power 5. Okay, this is kind of in testing, so we'll see how this goes. Christian, we're going to give you the first the first game of the college football Power 5. Here we go. The Power 5, number 5. Well, I know it's number 5, so I won't do some of the more obvious ones. I'll stick on the outside here uh, with number 6, Oregon at USC. Uh, two very high-powered offenses, obviously two incredibly talented quarterbacks, Bo Nix and Caleb Williams. Uh, the Ducks probably win this game handily I I think but I think it's the weight of this game how big it is for Oregon that makes it so good um, if you could beat uh, they really don't have uh, a very difficult resume but if you can beat USC you can beat Oregon State uh, at the end of the year and win out you get a rematch with with Washington like we talked about earlier could be a very very big game and essentially a play into the college football playoff Here's the thing I like about this game. It's actually my number five as well. <laughs> so, oh, hey. so we're on the same there wavelength. We did not plan this out. I don't like to plan things out. I like to just no, let no, it no. go organically. But I'll tell you why I like this game. It's in my top five. So USC fired defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. Does that spark something on the defensive side? You can't tell me USC does not have some sort of talent in some areas. They've got to have some talent <laughs> somewhere. So can they play good defense? I don't look. Oregon's offense is great, and it's probably the most. Um, and their team, I want to say, is probably the most since they're going to the Big Ten next year. It's the most Big Ten ready team. It truly is. Yeah, they can run right. it physically. They have a great. But here's the thing: they have a great quarterback who's been in college before Christian was probably in college. <laughs> I mean, Bo Nix. Before is, I was born, maybe Bo Nix has been around for forever. So I want to see if USC gets a little rejuvenation of the defensive end without Alex Greenwich being there. I doubt it, but you never know. And once again, Caleb Williams, how many points can he put up against this Oregon defense, which is pretty salty itself. So I like that game on number five in my college football power five. All right. I've got number number four. Number four. I'm moving <laughs> on here. And my number four is actually Ole Miss at Georgia. It's a top 10 matchup, but it's 
The reason why it's number four and not a little bit closer is I just don't know if Ole Miss is going to be able to hang with Georgia, especially when it's in between the hedges at, Stanf at Sanford Stadium. I just don't know. Now, I got to give a huge shout-out. I don't like this program, but I'm going to give them some love. Missouri gave Georgia a, some – they gave them the business. Uh, they do good. They've got weapons on the outside. Their running back's pretty darn good. Uh, their quarterback is better than I think he should be in the Cook kid. So I got to give Missouri credit. They kind of hung with Georgia for a while. Maybe Ole Miss can do that. They're going to have to score a bunch of points. Maybe they can do that. I don't know. Uh, it's This game is number four for me. Ole Miss, Georgia. Can the lane train steamroll into Georgia and get a win? I, I don't know. I don't think they will. Um, looking at the spread, I think it's 10.5 in favor of Georgia. What about the over-under? 58.5. It's going to have to be over. Ooh. It's going to have to be over yeah. if Ole Miss is yeah. going to win. Going to have to be way over, in my opinion. Even though I don't think Georgia's offense is as explosive as it's been in the past, their defense is still salty. And Ole Miss, you know, I I look at Ole Miss's schedule. Um, Arkansas has been down this year. Auburn's been down. Vanderbilt, Texas A&M. Really, LSU, which was a six-point win back on September 30th, uh, which was, you know, five games ago. That was their last really nice win. The other three teams have been... They're not that great this year. They're just not. Now, on the flip side, Georgia hasn't been great. Have They have Auburn, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida. They're not been great either. So, who knows? Maybe we're in for a great game. It's going to be better than number four. But that's where I sit here right now in the College Football Power 5. All right, Christian, on to... Number three. I, I did have that as my number three uh, uh, team. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be a very good game, Georgia and Ole Miss. How about Mizzou as a, as a team that's randomly better uh, than you think that they might be? Uh, but I, I think... You could you you might be thinking differently here, but there are two kind of obvious ones left, uh, so I have to kind of make room for those a little bit. I I love Florida State Miami as an, a dark horse. I know I know as kind of a dark horse good game. You're 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 thinking you're back to the '90s and, and early 2000s. <laughs> I mean Miami has been atrocious offensively all season long, and Florida State. Should stomp them. Should. But once again, I, I'll give you this. It's a rivalry game. I'll give you that. I think I am a huge, huge believer. That's exactly where I was going in rivalry games. Anything can happen. I uh, Michigan playing Michigan State and Penn State and Ohio State every year. I get a very healthy dose of the awful team is, is more than capable of, of clobbering on the supposedly very good team. Florida State's schedule has not exactly been a walk through the shadow of the Valley of Death, right? It, you're not you're not running into a lot. I think Miami, especially defensively, is better than a lot of the teams that you've played. I think it's Dark Horse to be a good game or a better than we think it is game. It may be a Dark Horse game. It's not a top five power five game, in my opinion. That's just All my right. opinion. All, All right, right, moving on. Number two. Number two. Well... I'm actually going to go with Prime. This is, I don't know, I guess I base it on what I've seen out of both teams. And number two is actually going to be Michigan at Penn State. That's really? going to be the number two game, not number one. Penn State has looked better here the last couple of games. After they got beaten by Ohio State 20-12, to they've looked better against Indiana and Maryland, which are not good programs. And I know they put up 51 against Maryland. I just don't know if Maryland's in it still. Penn State's offense is not great. If Michigan stops the run for Penn State, then they force Drew Aller to throw the ball down the field, it's not pretty. It's really not. I don't care if it's 20 touchdowns to one pick. Penn State's not comfortable throwing the ball down the field. They're not. 
Michigan has got a good enough defense to stop that really good running game of Penn State and force Drew Aller to throw it. Look out. J.J. McCarthy is doing everything he's supposed to do, throwing the football when he has to, handing it off and letting them run the football. I do love that matchup, though. This Michigan offense and their amazing offensive line trying to move this defensive rushing attack or this defensive affront for Penn State. I do love that because I think it's the best rush defense in Penn State, maybe, going up against the best rushing offense in Michigan. That's my number two. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue that one. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but I had them at the number one spot. I think it's going to be a very, very good game. The defenses in this game, like you mentioned, so, so good. The, the upside of having a cupcake schedule for Michigan is you're undefeated, right, <laughs> entering these final three weeks. The downside is these last three weeks are your whole season. That's Drew true. Aller is, yeah, Drew Aller's uh, pass attack has, it's no secret, has not been uh, beautiful. The Especially if you watch that Ohio State-Penn State game mm. was a, mm. uh, a slugger to watch. Mm. Having, having Gus Johnson call that game was tough. I love him in the exciting ones, but I don't know. Yeah, it was it was interesting, but I'd love to see that defense try and slow down a, a team in Michigan that has been hard to judge because they've been so, so, so dominant at every level, but they've only been playing the UNLVs of the world. Yeah, 45 and a half is the over-under. I would actually smash Whoa. the under on that. I think it's going to be a lower-scoring affair, more of a defensive struggle, I think. And plus, it's a Beaver Stadium. Very tough place to play. All right, and you get the chance to fill in the number one spot. Number one. Washington at Utah. This is the fun part. See, so we it, have to play the yeah. game. This is the fun part about playing it this way is because I'll you have to fill in the spill it in, and that's who I had at number one, so you're welcome. <laughs> well, perfect. <laughs> See, well, you did force me into this a little bit. Do you, do you want me to tell one. you why it's the number one game? Well, see, I was going to. Okay, but, tell know, me why. Tell it, me no? why. Since it's not your, but it's not your number one game. So why, why should it's this not, be the number one game? Uh, I think because that quarterback situation at Utah has been so up and down, and I think it's on the up right now. I think nothing, nothing says good game more than the weight of the game. I think that puts a lot of pressure on both of these teams. It's a mess, obviously, for Utah with uh, teams in within the Pac-12 with two losses. Uh, you've got a very, very tough schedule. You've gotten through it fairly well, uh, and you're the, you're the second-highest-ranked uh, two-loss team in the nation behind Oregon State, right? You're, you're doing pretty well. But that doesn't matter when you're looking for a conference chip how hard your schedule was. It's just the losses. A third Pac-12 loss uh, kind of puts dirt on your coffin in the season. I think there's nothing more to play for than the loss of your season in one game right here. And Washington, uh, you know, it's you're, you, you're not so strong enough to survive a loss. I think both of these teams' seasons kind of get killed with a loss here. It's Yes, it's very plausible. Um, and here's why I think it's the number one game, because I think you have a Utah defense that is elite. It is an elite mm. Utah defense. It's very, very good. Um, they do a phenomenal job of of stuffing teams. Their defense is so good. That's the reason why they have seven wins. Their offense is not very good. Um, they 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 find ways to get it done offensively, but their defense is elite. And they're going to go up. So I love elite defense against elite offensive Washington. I love that matchup. 
I just want to see how that plays out here. It's at Husky Stadium. That'll be a difficult task for Utah. But these are the type of games that Utah wins. Games you don't think they're going to win, all of a sudden they pull it out in the end. Washington's riding high after again. Then their next biggest test was last weekend against USC, and they beat them too on the road. They won. They won that game on the road. Now they return home riding high, and you're going to play a very physical team that is just they're the nastiest team in the in the Pac-12. They are. And I'm not I don't mean that in a bad way. They're the no, nastiest. No. Yeah. They are they are a bloody knuckled, you know, a horse collar, uh, you know, wearing type of football team. And they're gonna they're gonna knock around Washington a little bit. And I think that's what makes this game interesting, um, whether it's that one or not. Um, so there you go. The college football power five for us here on this Wednesday. I do want to highlight another game that did not get mentioned out of my list. Uh, that was 13th-ranked Tennessee at 14th-ranked Missouri. I would have never pegged this game to be a top-five game when the season began. But once again, I'm going to give credit to Missouri here. They've done a good job. Give credit to the drink, uh, or to yeah, to Eli Drinkwitz. He's done a good job with this year's team. He's caught some fire. He's got some playmakers. This ought to be a very interesting football game between Tennessee and Missouri. I really think that. So, all right, what was the game that didn't get picked out of yours? Was there one that you didn't have? It was. It was actually the same one. I just felt like kind of throwing a knuckleball in there uh, with Florida State. But yeah, Joe Milton, a Michigan transfer. I'm very familiar with his game. Hasn't quite lived up to the hype he had coming into this season. But the weapons on the outside are undeniable. I think I think it's a very good game. And we, we even talked about earlier in this segment, Mizzou kind of out of nowhere with a team that uh, is a lot better, certainly, than, than, than I thought it would be. No, it's a lot better than I thought they'd be. Um... I, I thought Drinkwitz was on his way out the door, honestly. This year has probably saved mm. him and earned himself a contract extension. So congratulations to Eli Drinkwitz, and yeah, great win for them. And, you know, it, they beat Kansas State, and that loss is not looking so bad after all. And that was on a record-setting 57-some-odd-yard field. I don't know, it might have been even mm-hmm. longer. 57-yard field goal uh, at the gun. So, you know, it doesn't feel so bad because Missouri's having one heck of a season. All right, let's get to the break.